0: Okay, we're here with Baruch Leiden University, and um, I'm asking him today, what is the uh, sort of the latest and greatest uh, and most exciting takeaway from this meeting, per se, and then also from sort of just the literature, uh, you know, I know you always have sort of a a finger on the pulse of um, the T1D research um, landscape, so what do you feel about that? So, two things. You know, what's the latest and greatest you most liked from the NPOD meeting? And then well, what, the what about the pulse, finger on the pulse?
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks for asking. Uh, I think the most important thing, aspect of this meeting, first of all, it is about humans. So when we first uh, started NPOD, which is a network for pancreatic organ donors, it was the first time we could actually look in the lesion, eh, the, the place where the disease is happening, what's really happening. And that was Pandora's box opened and everything we thought we knew turned out to be wrong and almost all of it was based on animal models that we believed were representative of what we saw in humans and turns out to be completely different. Different so physiology, different anatomy. There's never been in the last 10 years we have learned more than in the 100 years before. And that is extremely exciting. And the focus on humans is a blessing because it, it's the, the thing that really matters, right? We want to cure human beings. So that is an enormously important thing. So uh, in particular, this, this meeting here, um, I, I, uh, we talk a lot about how we can stage the disease and how we can find different ways. What I find most important is that we no longer talk about, can we cure the disease, but it's more, how can we cure whom? and and when do
0: you want is it really fair to say cure is it really is it better to think about remission
1: well uh, you can talk about both to be quite honest so i i i trying to find additional measures metrics to determine success right and one measure for success to me is also to never have a hypo anymore Mm-hmm. Improve quality of life, prevent complications, stop progression. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, all these things matter, and we need to have tangible goals that we can accomplish, so that people that we that we you know we pay back on the hope that we've created with all the new insight that we have in, in the disease. And I want a cure. Don't get me wrong. I want remission, but I also want to stop progression. And I also want to prevent complications and improve quality of life. And that's low-hanging fruit. Yes. And that's more tangible. And I think we are already moving in that direction. Not just by new technologies, but also by just better understanding the disease. So one of the things that NPOP taught us is that every patient is different. And patients know that, right? They read, you know. Yeah. The, and they, they don't recognize what this is about. And we should have listened more carefully because the patients, and certainly their mothers, they know yeah. that it's diverse. And they compare
0: and, notes with other people, yeah. and they realize, you know, oh, someone can you know, yeah. eat X and, yeah. and be fine, whereas this other person goes into experience. Absolutely.
1: But so. all the disappointments that we had from the, the clinical trials that didn't that deliver, when you go back to those and you look carefully, you see that there's always a group of patients responding. Right? So it's not, it's for them, it's, uh, the plizumab is maybe the smallest <laughs> act group, act no pun intended. But, uh, but no, but, but any, every patient matters. And in cancer, and I just spent uh, a couple of years in, in a, a cancer institute in, in Southern California, as you know, um, the city of Hope. Uh, I did that to learn from cancer. In cancer, when I read papers where they say 13% of the melanoma patients is in remission, it's Eureka. In diabetes we say eighty, seven percent failed. Yeah. Right? You have to embrace the diversity and so that's what I mean to say with we need to understand whom to treat, when and how. Because I believe that for every patient there should be something in store and, and there probably is, but we haven't figured it out yet. So we need to understand better what makes you know what makes a person the person uh, with diabetes and with i've said diabetes. this many
0: times you know at one even 20 years ago you know can, uh, cancer was uh, breast cancer was sort of one and done yeah Here's your exactly no, now that, it's breast cancer yeah. is very nuanced yeah. and the treatments are nuanced yeah. and they're and they're personalized yeah. and why you know if we want to like address type 1 at, like that what why not just not reinvent the wheel just kind
1: of like build on what has already a template i agree but let's let's take cancer to guide us in this right because in when i was trained as a, a medical doctor um a cure of cancer meant the cancer was gone now they say it stopped growing mm-hmm. right now we can have therapies expensive therapies that extend your life for only a couple of months and i think we should find better goals but, but, but achievable goals also in diabetes where we can already start to uh, offer benefits to patients that have the disease right now and not just the newly diagnosed or before, there's a much larger group with unmet needs and I'm certain and Paul taught us, mm-hmm. this meeting that I'm joining, we are joining today taught us that virtually all patients have lots of beta cells at diagnosis so it's not the end game, not at all uh, there is a sense of urgency. We should try to protect those beta cells, and get them back in action. We see a group of patients...
0: And perhaps the exocrine pancreas should be protected as well. Exocrine pancreas, but yes,
1: but the biggest learning curve, eh? there was. there's a lot of thinking that it is actually also a disease of the exocrine pancreas. What we learn here, that's probably not the case. What we learn here is that size matters. So if you start off with a smaller pancreas as an organ, you have fewer islets. So the, that is a kind of genetically Looking determined. Harder. Yes, but Stress. but uh, but but it's not, but the the, the, the the decline in the pancreas that happens because there is no insulin anymore, insulin deficiency or less insulin. So I actually think it is a, a cause, a, a, not a cause. It's a consequence. It's a chicken egg story. So I'm actually doubting that this disease of the exocrine pancreas but it it's is a feature that comes beta. with the disease. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't worry about the pancreas audience. <laughs> I won't worry about it too much, no. no. No, we have more important things to worry about yes. right now.
0: Maybe as a biomarker, that's yeah. it. Yeah,
1: you, you know, it's, it's good to keep in mind, but we have to realize that if you get diagnosed with diabetes, it's a life-changer. So people oh, yes. uh, become more careful what they eat, and that alone can make the pancreas smaller, right? Because a pancreas can double in size during, in, within a day, and and decline, so it is a What's happening
0: in the, I mean, there was this study that just came out recently in pediatric, um, increase in BMI, uh, in type 1 diabetics, because what, it's like, here's your pump, eat whatever you want, now, um, have those, have those pancreases, uh, you know, have, what has happened there with
1: these people with the BMI changes? Well, uh, a BMI is of course the ultimate sign of insulin resistance, but we have seen, and it used to be a, a characteristic of type 2 diabetes, but we see even in children that shortly before the manifestation of the disease, um, there is some insulin uh, resistance. And, and so that adds to the burden on the beta cells that are already under attack. So I think it's it's part of the perfect storm that that yeah. that you need eh, quote unquote to, then to you get this trachzaki yeah. virus that you pick well, up
0: in the in the kindergarten.
1: I'm not virus. a believer in, in <laughs> virus, so you should ask somebody else. But, I
0: know that's why uh, I had to say it.
1: No, but but <laughs> i but, but I have a reason why I say it, and I, I want I want uh, your audience to know I I you're innocent until proven guilty, and I'm extremely careful to call. A contagious virus as a cause of diabetes because I do not want to have children with diabetes get an uh, an unfair uh, treatment from the community. I mean, it's 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 if it is a factor, it is for a very small proportion of the people with type one diabetes, and it could be the drop that makes the bucket overflow. Mm-hmm. Right? It may it it's. Maybe part, but there are many other things that can contribute, including gluten, you know, your microbiome, and so forth. It's a complicated and complex interaction between many elements. But I don't want to walk, have people walk away with the idea that this could be a contagious virus, because that, the evidence is extremely slim that that is the case. Yes, some
0: say anecdotal, but I've t- not yeah. me. I don't know. I, I'm not
1: totally... It is anecdotal, but the point is uh, some people in this community, uh, diabetes research community, don't take no for an answer. So if you have an idea, it's something... They, they will continue and find different ways to prove their rights as self-fulfilling prophecies. That's always a risk in, in, in research. I, I, I want people to be open-minded and I also want them to embrace serendipitous surprise findings because it got to be true. If it's not something you were after, it has more credibility. Than if you think it got to be this virus, and then you do everything. Well, even to like make today, on
0: Michael's data with the IA2, anybody, that was kind of sweet. That was I know, very interesting. Yeah.
1: But the word virus was not in there.
0: No. <laughs> um, what about this? I want, you know, let's talk about the size of the pancreas. You know, it's very difficult to see these pancreata in humans, obviously. There's a lot of problems of. You know, for visibility, for yeah. keeping patients safe while you get a visibility study yeah. going, whatever, and so, is it? That's a real need to get more, more optical. Yeah. You know, assessments. I, I would take How it a little wider than
1: that okay. because the imaging is a key feature, and it should be as as you were pointing to, be non invasive, right. right? We don't want to hurt people more than. The disease already hurting them. So there should be, and, and then not just pancreas, but also islets. And w- because we have realized that even though many diabetes patients don't make insulin, doesn't mean they don't have beta cells. Right. And I want to know who they are so I can treat them with different measures to make those beta cells active again so there is an unmet need to vision. Are only
0: the pacemakers knocked out or not?
1: Well no there is something (laughs) magic about eyelids when they come under attack there is a kind of um, default reaction that they shut down and as an immunosophical explanation, I would argue that they want to avoid that a vital source of hormone is going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So there is a kind of shutdown, senescence, hibernation, that may, but that is incredibly valuable for people with diabetes that because it means you have beta cells and mm-hmm. you have a source of new insulin production from your own body so but we need to detect it and all we can do now is measure the insulin that you make but if they don't make it we don't know so imaging as a whole is an extremely important thing which is an unmet need where we are moving but pancreas size has an additional problem that the pancreas can change in size to 200% 200 in a day So when you measure in the morning, yes, that's one of the things that make it very difficult as a measure, as a metric, to see is my pancreas large or small. You know, yeah, there is diversity in the population. Some people have small hands, other people have large hands. So it's it's not something uh, 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 predisposing necessarily, but if it comes to well, that's another measure. It, it, it looks like that. It, it does seem, though, that if and that's also something i have learned at this meeting, that if the pancreas is smaller, usually the the, the ratio of endocrine exocrine within a, a pancreas is the same. So that means that larger islets, larger pancreata also have lar- uh, more islets. So it, it would it would start you off with a, 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 a smaller. Um, a bone to fish from when it comes to making insulin. But, but uh, many people uh, uh, will never uh, uh, you know, develop autoimmunity or, or develop type one diabetes uh, because of this. So there is something more. But it's an important metric to keep in sight. But I want people to be you know, cautious in, in blaming the exocrine tissue of the pancreas. Eh? The, 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 the evidence that it's getting smaller is not very strong. Uh, but you, that you smart start off with a smaller pancreas, that that is pretty clear.
0: Yeah, and why? Well, but the I point mean, is that especially the, the, those who have no other, um, who have no relatives. No, with, but at uh, this be-
1: meeting we also learned that pe- people within the same family that do not develop diabetes have, have, have the small, same same pancreas yeah, and they do groups. fine. So you see, it's 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 one of the many factors making it a little bit more complicated, maybe. What
0: other? sort of like, what technology is there that could potentially be tweaked to visualize islets in vivo?
1: Yeah, that was another thing that at this meeting we we learned a little bit about, and I learned before because it was my collaborator that presented this. But we're developing uh, molecules with labels that can selectively detect not only islets, but also stressed islets. Mm -hmm. And with that technique, you can... First of all, image you can see whether you still have beta cells, but more importantly, with all the technologies that in cancer have become
0: in common practice, we can actually add cargos to this: growth hormones,
1: uh, anti-inflammatory reagents. So we can actually use those new uh, tools not to only see the stressed beta cells but also make them happy again and revive them, revitalise them. So that is an incredibly interesting the nanoparticle
0: targo, non, cargo.
1: nanoparticle but these are they can be antibodies, they can be, you know, receptors that we turn into uh, 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 delivery uh, reagents. So uh, there is a lot going on in that area.
0: But right now, there is no real, verified, verifiable way to image islets well, in vivo, or any other technology that could be re- reappropriated, no, no, the, 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 we certainly is have
1: uh, have, uh, uh, have um, uh, a foundation to build upon. For example, Who's the, the, it? well, the receptor for uh, GOP1, eh, Ozempic, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, is, is is expressed on beta cells, so you can use GOP1 analogs to with labels to actually. Image. The point is, there is background, there is also a, 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 some sort of signals in the, in the intestines, but it, does, it, 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 it means that it, it can be done, it should be doable, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. But, we, but we have good angles to... And at this moment, people are using uh, extendants and other reagents to actually image islets. The point is, we're not sure whether they also see islets that don't produce insulin. Right, we, it doesn't mean that we see all of it, but you know. The, so we we see the tip of the it iceberg. Starts
0: somewhere. Yeah,
1: at least we know there is an iceberg, right? right? Uh, we oh. just don't know how much mass is un, uh, unseen under the sea level. But but it's good well, enough to know you have those cells.
0: I mean, Jason, Binney, Jack, Verasco—they're—they're they're going after it. What do you, what can you say? I mean. You kind of highlighted some great points from the meeting and sort of like some great points of cutting edge technology and where we're going. What do you say about the um, the innovation or the neurotransmitter um, population or in you know sort of milieu of the ba- of the islets
1: the ne- you mean innovation or, or, or?
0: innervation of the pa- of the yeah, pancreas that,
1: that is the big secret
0: and yeah the vagal innervation yeah. or of the, of the yeah. pancreas at large, yeah. and the neurotransmitter components yeah. of the islets. This is something I've thought about for a long time, and I've kind of followed these sort of outliers who are pursuing some of this. Well, Very interesting. I would love to get your opinion on maybe just a hypothesis, or you know, who's doing some interesting work.
1: Well, unknowingly, we have done a, a lot of work on this already, because one of the key target molecules of the immune system is a neuroenzyme GAD, which is the producer of an inhibitory neurotransmitter. So it just already tells you that there are enzymes that make those in the beta cells, that it must have a function, and it's an inhibitory function. So you can imagine if you don't have the inhibition, you get activation. And that is, um, uh, so it is a very clear Reminder that there is a key role for the innovation from 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 the from uh, uh, neurons, um, and and that there is signals coming straight from the brain that tell you how your eyelids work. Well, patients know this because they know when they're stressed and all uh, day and, and need to run a marathon. That that you know you you know your adrenal system is affecting your hormonal needs, and, and for, yeah, we're
0: not even
1: talking about choline. No, uh, so. and, and we heard another interesting feature of a gender imbalance that estrogen, for example, could be a protective factor because before puberty there is a slight increase of girls getting the disease, but after the age of ten it flips for the rest. Of, of all uh, following ages, that there are more men getting it, which is very unusual, uh, but uh, for autoimmune diseases. But we have to bear in mind that uh, you know, uh, uh, estrogen and testosterone, they are hormones like insulin. So yeah. it's not maybe so surprising in hindsight, but it does show that estrogen has a protective effect, be it later uh, in life. Um, I found that. Uh, interesting because that too can point to mechanisms to at least reduce your risk. I'm not sure you can use it as an intervention or as a a treatment, but it helps us understand uh, who has more uh, or uh, less risk to develop the disease.
0: Yeah, I I mean, the the bottom line is until the etiology is figured out, you won't be able to see the landscape to figure out really the druggable targets and uh, the mechanisms, because otherwise you're just, you're kind of just throwing things. At, Absolutely, added, yeah. And uh, then you like sort of yeah. note what happens. Yeah, right? no, but
1: that the whole fact that we understand, thanks to all these studies of pancreatic uh, yeah. bless their donors, because you have to imagine these yeah. are donated by relatives of of dying people or that dead, dead people. Uh, but th- their gift uh, of life is incredibly important for what we know now, it and is. the diversity that we see. No organ is alike no patient is alike means that we have to prepare for different uh, strategies therapies for different people
0: just like in breast cancer
1: like in breast cancer where Mm. in the old days there was resection and now we know we can maybe do immunotherapy or, uh, mm-hmm. or just irradiation or just chemotherapy so it, 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 it has you know it has shown the value of being more accurate uh, so that, that is where the unmet needs and the challenges are but at least we know them now so we can uh, seek after them
0: What's going on in your lab? Last question.
1: My lab is... uh, I actually am slightly moving into regenerative medicine because I appreciate that uh, many patients may not have enough beta cells left even if they're hibernating um, and are unseen to restore insulin production in regenerative medicine. I'm working on making um, new sources of beta cells along the the lines of, of vertex, but I try to make them invisible to the immune system in a different way. Because I believe the immune system of a diabetes patient is the best immune system in the world and it's responding with good intentions to distressed tissue.
0: You know, Decio said his paper yeah. of the year was the paper yeah. about the Black Death, yeah. who survived. Yeah. And those people yeah. have the best immune yeah. system. And, and
1: When I uh, reinvented that wheel, it turned out to be my best cited paper too from, from 2021. So it's recent insight. but. The fact that it is, I always used to say diabetes is a mistake of the immune system. Now we know it's a mistake of beta cells. So my strategy to, is to give people a novel source of beta cells that are unstressed. And that, I, I believe, on, that's my that's working model. Be tough. <laughs> no, we, no, actually, I made a discovery that it will actually uh, uh, rock the, the world. But the thing is that uh, it can be done. The, those uh, those um, uh, elements can already be uh, um, uh, identified, and I tell you now as a, a heads up to this discovery that it is one single nucleotide that can make a difference. Mm. Uh, so it's that is certainly not impossible. So that is the way I want to do it. I honestly believe the immune system is too smart to destroy healthy tissue. It's not interested. So if you provoke, if you prevent provocations of the islets for the immune system to respond, that's the other half of the equation you need to treat. you Certainly you need to get the immune system in check again, but you need to combine it with beta cell therapy to make beta cells happy. Another way of making them happy is the microbiome, and we discovered, uh, that's also unpublished work, a metabolite from the microbiome that, that the bacteria in in your intestines are, are, are producing. Uh, that has both an anti-inflammatory, not really suppressive, but modulatory effect on the immune system, just like vitamin D, for example, but it also has a very beneficial effect on, on stimulating the beta cells and revitalize them. Does
0: that have
1: anything to do with the mate cells? Uh, no, it has to do with the uh, the the... the the, the type of bacteria that you have uh, in your biome. And we discovered this from, believe it or not, stool transplantation. So we we actually transplanted patients with with stool and and some of them uh, 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 stopped progression of disease and some actually made more insulin one year later than a diagnosis. So we tried to tease out what that could be. Of course, it's not an attractive therapy to, to transplant stool, but now we we, we pinned it down to certain bacteria, and more importantly, what those bacteria make in terms of metabolites, and use that as a replacement therapy.
0: Are you it, talking to Emma Altidnes? Uh, w- He's at Boston College. He's very involved okay. in this.
1: We... we, we talk with the community this is a completely different uh bubble and the the microbiome you should
0: invite him in he's very no
1: but we have uh, we have some local rock stars max newdorp is uh his science (laughs) has a a piece on him rather than his discoveries i mean he's the real and he's a young talented motivated guy and he stumbled upon this when he was treating type 2 diabetic patients with stool transplantation because of uh, very resistant uh, clostridium infections this was their last resort and and their metabolic syndrome got into remission. So then he came up to me and said, you work on type one, let's try it. And I thought this is the only way to find out whether or not I should get into this world, but I'm deeply involved in this. We started a a small company to develop this because we need to raise the, you know, the the investments uh, uh, for this to reach uh, the 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 patient community. But this is a fast track, right? I mean, it's it's gentle. You can give it to everybody, children, adults. So I'm very very excited, and we'll soon have the data on uh, the first clinical trial that we did in type 2 diabetes, just to show it's safe and feasible, and then we also know what, what metabolic effects it has, and that will be the stepping stone to start a trial in type 1. That sounds fantastic. Well,
0: we look forward to seeing what's next, what comes next out of the Stay lab tuned. in and Stay tuned. As you do. <laughs> As we do. Thank you for so much for talking. I appreciate it. It's always good to catch up.